Matthew chapter number 6, and I made mention of this last Sunday, but if you have a Rock of Ages study Bible, it's page 1325. And I was told afterwards that came in handy, and that was a help last, last week. So, but uh, Matthew chapter number 6, and uh, once you find that, if you're able to and willing to, let's stand together. And we're going to do something a little bit different today because of how well known uh, this passage of Scripture is. And uh, there's no weird names that are in here that I'm going to make you all try to pronounce, but pretty well we know this passage of Scripture, and so I don't want it to be so familiar that we don't read it. And so I want us to read it together, out loud, all of us together. Uh, it's, it's called many times the Lord's Prayer. Um, I would call it the model prayer. Um, because of the, some of the things that's in the prayer. But we're in Matthew chapter number 6, and we're going to start in verse number 9 and just read down through verse number 15. But I want us to read this together. It's well known enough, isn't it? And uh, that we can read this together. We're going to read it out loud, okay? And so ready? Starting in verse number 9. All together. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Isn't that a wonderful passage of Scripture? We call it the Lord's Prayer, but I mentioned this. We call it the model prayer, and I'll tell you why, and then we'll pray. But uh, I will say that Jesus did not have to pray, forgive us our debts. Okay, that wasn't something in his life. He didn't have to pray, deliver us from evil, because he never got involved in evil. Okay, but the example to us, this is how we're supposed to pray. Okay, and so we'll share a few thoughts as we look down through here. But why don't we have a word of prayer, then we'll get into the scriptures. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the example and the model that you give to us as you were teaching your disciples to pray. And Lord, I'm thankful for this wonderful avenue of prayer that, Lord, even right now as I speak, spiritually, we are ushered right before the very throne of God, and we're speaking to the God of heaven. And Lord, I'm so thankful for that. Lord, would you encourage us and challenge us on this matter of prayer this morning? And Lord, we'll thank you for all that you're going to do now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> This subject matter of prayer was brought to the forefront, and I want to encourage us with this. This past Monday, in fact, Monday evening, as many people already know this week, and maybe you were watching that there was a tragic event that took place on a football field. Does everybody know which one I'm talking about this past Monday night? Shortly after making a, what I would call, and I've never played professional football, 
a routine tackle. Many of you are watching the exact same thing. Uh, Hamlin, who's a uh, Buffalo Bills football player, stood up from that tackle less than three seconds later, fell backwards and collapsed right there on the field. The emergency personnel ran out onto the field, got down there beside him, and they actually had to begin doing CPR and did that and continued for nine minutes while he was laying there on the field. A little bit after that, he was rushed to a nearby hospital, and uh, thankfully, according to the reports, there's been improvement since Monday night. And then his, some of his first three words, I guess, that he said to his team when he came to is, uh, who won the game or did we win? Something along those lines. And I wonder how disappointed he was when he realized they canceled the whole game instead of allowing his team the opportunity to be able to win it. But he asked that, did we win? We're thankful that he's improving. I wouldn't probably be saying much about it in this context if it had perhaps gone the other direction. Nine minutes worth of CPR. You say, Pastor, what's that got to do with anything on a Sunday morning? I didn't come here to hear about the Buffalo Bills. We don't go to church, Mike Rossi, to hear about the Buffalo Bills. Mike Rossi back there is part of the Bills Mafia and uh, we make sure he's not on the security team here because I could just see that being taken place. we got someone in the mafia on the security team over at Granite State Baptist. It was interesting and good to see, and many of you probably saw this, that one of the first things that most that were responding around there, the first thing they did was start praying. Now, we saw this with individuals, We saw this even as the ambulance was pulling away that the entire team came out onto the field and they knelt down there on the field and began praying for Hamlin who was being taken to the hospital there at that moment. In fact, it wasn't just the team that gathered together, but people all across social media started making their comments, whether it be on Facebook, on the gram, that's Instagram, I'm trying to learn on the IG, or whether it be on Twitter, I mean, all of that started going around, hey, prayers for Hamlin, our hearts are with Buffalo, prayers for Buffalo, I mean, over and over and over across this nation, listen, even on, uh, at at the time, I was watching it on ESPN, and even at the time, even on a liberal sports network, and I have no problem saying ESPN's liberal. They are anti-God, anti-Bible. But even on that liberal sports news network, they were even talking about their prayers for Hamlin. And then I believe even the next day that there was even someone on ESPN that prayed publicly on the air for Hamlin's recovery. And I thought, it's going across our nation. You know, what's interesting is in the midst of all that, I didn't see one person that was anti-prayer, separation of sports, separation of church and state. We ought not to be praying publicly. ESPN gets government money. They're not supposed to be praying on it. I haven't heard one person saying that. You say, well, that's because they would go after them and say, that's not the time to be dealing with it. 
No one from the ACLU walked out onto the field and said, you're not allowed to be doing this. These are government-run airwaves. We can't be broadcasting this. Not a word was said. Thoughts and prayers that were going all up all over the place. And listen, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the emphasis and the importance and the mention that prayer was made this week across our nation. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that that was the the first thought that people had. And in a moment, in a split second, the humanity and the, listen, the insecurity of mankind came to the forefront understanding that there is something that is bigger than us. And now the matter of life and death is weighing in the balance and we can do nothing about it, but there is someone who can make a difference. As I thought on that, I know that the world looked towards prayer at that moment, but what my biggest fear is, is that the majority of people did not know to what or to who they were praying towards. They didn't know. They just probably said, please help him. They were probably just crying out at that moment, God, whoever God meant to them. And I thought, well, it may be time for us to be able to look into the Scriptures. And I've simply entitled the message today, Who Do You Pray To? And bring the emphasis back to the purpose and the subject matter of prayer. And we're going to look at this subject matter to give us a deeper appreciation of what we pray and who we pray to. Two. Now listen, I did that night. I did pray and say, Lord, if it be your will, Lord, would you allow him to be able to recover? But through this, would you get the honor and the glory for it? Listen, there were people that honestly knew who they were praying to that were given some testimonies during that time and understanding that they were praying to the God of heaven. Now, before we get into this subject matter of who we pray to, I want us to be reminded this morning of what prayer is not. Prayer is not simply a genie to be summoned when we want something that no one else can give us. Prayer is not simply, hey, I want this to take place. Would you give it to me? Like we grab our Bible as a genie lamp and we can start rubbing it and out pops the prayer genie and we get to ask for three wishes. Listen, that is not what prayer is. Prayer is not just a fire extinguisher or 911 when an emergency is taking place. Now, I'm thankful that we can use prayer in those times. Prayer is not just a religious ritual to make ourselves feel better about checking it off a list. In fact, Jesus dealt with that subject matter while he was here on the earth. He said, listen, he said, you're praying and trying to get out there on the street corners so that you can pray for everybody to be able to hear you. And some of the most flowery prayers that are being made is not going any higher than the ceiling. They're only written and put out there 
just for the ears of those that are hearing it. Listen, that's not the purpose of prayer. Prayer is not just a religious ritual. In fact, I'm afraid that verses 9 through 13, what we read down through here on our Father which art in heaven has just become, in, in a lot of cases around this world, it's just become a vain repetition. It's just something that, that people will stand up and they'll just say, hey, let's, let's say these prayers together. And it's just getting into a, a chant and a ritual for them. There's so much truth in these verses of Scripture that the Lord Jesus is trying to teach us. May I say it's not, prayer is not just a, a set of words that is said in a certain order like we have here in order to make sure we don't do something wrong. It's been mentioned before, and uh, I've often wondered what other people, I'm talking even the religious realm, how they view prayer because they, they, there's been a few places that they've asked me to be able to pray and I've gotten done and they're like, you didn't even have anything written down. And I'm thinking, well, well, prayer isn't just a, a list that I'm going down through. Can I remind us that prayer is actually birthed out of a relationship that we have with the person that we are praying to? Now, I'm all for a, a prayer list. I believe there ought to be things, listen, we have them here at the church that, listen, we, we write things down. This is what we need to pray for. But it's not just a checklist that we go down through. It's birthed out of a relationship that we have. And we'll get to that a little bit here in a little while. But after I got done praying in a couple places, someone actually made a comment like this that they actually said, um, it's actually like you know the person that you're talking to and I said well shouldn't that be what prayer is that we're actually talking and it's built out of and birthed out of this relationship and I want to take just a couple thoughts listen I could probably take about the next month at least and be able to just preach about what the truth is out of Matthew chapter number six. We are coming back here this afternoon, by the way, and so I'm not going to finish everything this morning. We are going to come back here in Matthew chapter six for the 12 o'clock service and keep going on another thought. But I want to look at this subject matter on who do we pray to. I want you to see biblical prayer and every one of my points this morning, and this is just for my emphasis, that I started it by saying biblical prayer biblical prayer. You say, why is that? Because there's a whole lot of other prayer that takes place around this world. And when I say biblical prayer and who do we pray to, I want you to see biblical prayer is directed towards our heavenly father. It's directed toward our heavenly father. You see what the Bible says, verse number nine, listen, and, and most here, if you've spent any time in church, you could almost quote what's classified as the Lord's prayer or the model prayer. Our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And it just gets to, to repetition as we're going through it because religions around this world will quote that and will say that over and over and over. But I want us to understand this morning that biblical prayer is directed towards our heavenly father. You say, what do you mean? Notice these first two words of this prayer. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, verse number nine, our. 
Do you understand when it's our heavenly father that there is a personal relationship that is there? First of all, this prayer that is directed to this biblical prayer to our heavenly father, it is personal and it is relational that we begin in prayer. That I start my prayers and this has just become a habit now and I'll say, dear heavenly father. Now, some will say, dear God or or, dear Father, we are praying directly to God Almighty that is seated upon the throne in heaven. You understand that? You understand that, that it's personal. We're not just praying to some out there being higher power that has no influence whatsoever in the lives of his children. But listen, when I bow my head to pray, it is personal for me. And there are people that are around this world, they will quote this prayer right here. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And they'll quote that entire thing, but they miss the very first pronoun to make it personal where he said, our Father. Now they'll quote it, but they don't anymore belong to God. <laughs> He's not their father. They're not his child. And they'll, they'll quote this prayer and they'll have it in repetition. They'll have it memorized and totally forget that it's actually a personal prayer that they're saying and actually going before God Almighty. Now understand this, that it is personal, but the second adjective I used right there is relational. Our Father. You understand that the relationship, the entire purpose of prayer, the entire practice of prayer that we have is based upon our relationship that we have to God. Our relationship. Listen, he's not just a supreme being out there. He's not just the the God of this universe that created everything. He's not just Jehovah, but he's my Father. He's my spiritual father that yet I become the child of God at the moment of salvation. Now understand this relationship that we have with God, our father, to be able to cry out to him. Understand this. It's not just how many of you, when you went to your earthly father, you said the exact same thing every time you talked to him. Exact same thing. You call your dad on the phone. Now, listen, I understand in two, three, and four-year-olds, how many raised your kids and, and they started praying for dinner? They started praying before they went to bed. You taught your kids at a young age to start praying. Hey, I think it's wonderful to be able to do that, okay? Wonderful to start your kids and let them learn how to pray, give them something specific to be praying for. Listen, it was the same with both of our kids when they were at three, four, five years of age. That Listen, they'd bow their head. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for this food. Help us to have a good remainder of the day now. In Jesus' name, amen. It was the exact same prayer every time they bowed their head to pray. You say, oh, it ought not to be like that. Understand they're a four-year-old, okay? They're just learning to pray. That's perfectly fine. But you know what I hope has happened over the years and I've heard them pray since then? is they have more of a relationship with their heavenly father. And now it's more of actually we're, we're talking to our heavenly father. Prayer is just a conversation between us and the Lord. 
It's not a matter of memorizing these words. You say, well, I've got my list and I'm just going down through my list and I'm just, I'm just reading this. Hey, listen, it's not a matter of that. Do you understand that there's sometimes just driving down the road, the relationship that we can have with our heavenly father is realizing this. Hey, I can talk to him the same way I talk to you driving down the road. I know, Lord, boy, I need you to help me with this right here. And I'm just carrying on a conversation with the Lord. And you say, is he there talking back to you? Are you hearing voices? Is something going on there? No, but I got the sweet Holy Spirit of God that's speaking to my heart through the whole thing. And listen, I, there's, there's times I talk to the Lord just as real as what I'm talking with you. It was said about the old evangelist down in New York City, Brother Billy Sunday. They said that he'd be walking down the street and his wife would be standing, walking beside him and they'd be carrying on a conversation between Brother Billy and his wife right there. And from her lips, she would say, there were times that, that we'd be carrying on a conversation and I'd stop and I'd be listening to him and he's not talking to me anymore. And nobody else is around, but she said, I'd listen for a few words and realize he just started talking to the Lord. And just walking down the street, that it was that real of a conversation that he was having with the Lord. And she said, I'd just wait till he finished up talking with God. And then he'd break right back into the conversation that he was having with me, just as real as could be walking down the street. Now, can I remind us of this, that biblical prayer is directed to our Heavenly Father. Biblical prayer. Now, when I say this, our Heavenly Father, you say, well, everybody knows we're praying to the God in heaven. Really? Why do you think some are walking in and they'll kneel down to some statue that they have there? You know, the Bible talks over and over about actually carving their gods out of wood or out of silver or out of gold, and they have their little statue that's set up right there. We walked into some rather large churches. Brother Zeke, we had one church down there in New York City. He said, I'd like to step foot in that church, and we walked in there, a rather large cathedral down there on Fifth Avenue. Walked in there, can I say, what was all around there was nothing but idols and gods that they had set up that people would go in there and they would bow down and they would pray to an idol that was sitting there. Now, can I say this? I'm thankful that prayer has a deeper meaning and a more personal relationship than just going to an inanimate object. Because that inanimate object of stone or of wood or of gold, no matter how beautiful it was, listen, they can't answer me back. But when we say our Father, it is personal, it is relational that we have between us and the God of heaven. And the God of heaven at the moment of salvation becomes our Father. And boy, I can sit down. Hey, when I would walk in when my dad was alive, I wouldn't walk in to my dad and say, now, dad, number one, would you help me with this? Would you take care of this? Number two, dad, would you take care of this? Because so-and-so is going through it and they just need a touch from you today and everything. Now, dad, third of all, would you take and then get done and get up and walk out? You'd say, that'd be, can you imagine that type of relationship? You just walk in with, I mean, I'm all for a list to remind me of what I need to pray for. And you ought to have a prayer list to be able to go over things you understand when I walked in and sat down with my dad, hey, there may be some times we just sat there quiet. Well, there were some times that I sat there and I listened to him talk. 
There were some times that he would sit there and he would listen to me talk and we're just having a conversation back and forth. You say, well, that sounds awfully comfortable. It is. The number one thing that I say when, when I, I talk with someone and I say, hey, we're having a, a prayer time. Well, I don't know how to pray. I say, well, you know, once you just start talking to God the same way that you would talk to your spouse, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe have a little more respect. <laughs> But I'm talking about in a conversation that, listen, God, you know, it's okay to say, Father, man, it's just been a rough day. Why not tell the Lord those feelings and those emotions and those anxieties that you're going through in life? Why not talk to him just plain? Why not just say, dear Lord, boy, it's been a rough day with these kids. And God, I'm at the end of my rope. And God, it's been a long week at work. And God, I sure am tired. Why not talk to the Lord? You say, oh, it's, it's not so respectful to do that. He's our father. He's our father. He's personal and it's relational. Biblical prayer is directed to our heavenly father. Listen, when those and the multitudes as they knelt down on Monday night and they began praying, I sure pray and I could tell by looking at some of them and by hearing some of them, they knew exactly who they were praying to. They had a relationship. It wasn't just a 911, whoever's out there, God, if you're real, would you take care of him? No, it wasn't a matter of that. There were some that bowed their head and said, God, we know you're real. And God, we know that you're the giver of life and life is sustained in your hands. And God, we're asking you'd be with him right now. Would you touch him? Would you raise him up? Would you strengthen him? Hey, just as personal as you and I beginning to talk. Biblical prayer directed toward our heavenly father. But then can I show you this? Biblical prayer originates from a heart of worship. Biblical prayer originates from a heart of worship. Look at the next phrase here. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now that word hallowed simply means that it's consecrated to a sacred use or it's reverenced and respected. Hallowed be thy name. We're understanding and realizing his greatness and his exaltation. We're understanding when he says, thy kingdom come. When I looked at that phrase, can I tell you how how real that phrase came to me? When I look at the phrase, thy kingdom come. Now, there's sometimes that we may have a drastic situation that takes place in our lives. Can I say the one that I'm looking to, to be able to provide help for that is someone who actually has the resources and the ability to be able to do something about it. Thy kingdom come, understanding his greatness. He's so much higher and so much more powerful than what we are. What would you have thought and I, I do not in any way make light of the situation. But what if on Monday night, now think about the, just how simple and we would say how foolish this would be. What if on Monday night, when literally life is hanging in the balance, life or death, 
that someone would bow their head or make a phone call. That would be the equivalent. Make a phone call and say, President Biden, would you please do something about this situation? Let me ask you something. What in the world could he do? Nothing. But you know something? What if someone picked up the phone and said, Pastor Chamberlain, would you do something for Hamlin that's down there laying on the field and he's not moving? They're they're giving CPR to him for nine minutes. Would you do something? Brother Shives, what am I going to do? I can't do anything about it. But I will say this. There's someone a whole lot higher someone a whole lot more powerful than me that I would be able to say, listen, the only thing I can do is appeal to someone higher. And I'm understanding, listen, this biblical prayer, understanding that God has set himself aside as the omnipotent. He has set himself aside as the all-powerful, the all-knowing. Thy kingdom come, how would be thy name? comes from a heart of worship at any time. Listen, I'm understanding and realizing exactly who God is. At the moment I say, dear heavenly father, listen, I'm putting him into his position of power and his position of leadership in my personal life. Why pray to someone who can't do anything about it? They would have been wasting their time. Dear Peter Chamberlain, would you please help Hamlin right now? I wouldn't be able to do anything. You know something? It'd be a waste of their time, a waste of their breath, and a waste of their energy to pray to me. But can I remind us? It's a waste of time, energy, and breath to pray to a statue somewhere. It's a waste of time, energy, and breath. We've got this carving out of wood that's here. No, we don't really, okay? If you're thinking you're seeing something, it's not there. Hey, listen, it's just a waste of breath. It's a waste of energy. Listen, walk out to that tree and say, oh, great oak tree, would you help me today on my journeys going home? And let that oak tree get struck by lightning and you'll see how quickly it'll fall. But yet people nowadays, instead of realizing the one out of a heart of worship that is seated in the heavens, that has the ability to be able to take care of and help each and every one of us, they'll go bow down to a little statue that can do absolutely nothing for them. Understand in our worship to the Lord. And, and I will say this, just as a side note, you will pray to whatever you do worship. It may be a paycheck. Oh, dear paycheck. You say, I wouldn't be praying like that. Oh, dear paycheck, please provide and take care of things this week. No, but there is a God in heaven that can sure take that paycheck and sure make things last and be able to take care of things and to be able to meet each and every need. Biblical prayer originates in a heart of worship that we understand who it is that we're praying to and what his ability is. He's so much higher than we are. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. Listen, he would not be God if he just thought and had the same ability of it as every one of us. But do you understand the ability of life in his hands? Listen, I believe it's made a difference. At least this across our nation this week has started a conversation about prayer. At least The word prayer was mentioned across our nation 
that now we can take the opportunity. Listen, I haven't walked up to one person on the street and started condemning, but yet being able to talk to them and say, hey, boy, did you hear about that all that subject matter of prayer? Boy, people were praying for that man out there. Multitudes across our nation. Boy, let's talk about prayer. Do you understand there's a God in heaven that does hear and answer prayer? He's a whole lot higher than what we are. But then can I say this? Biblical prayer, yes, it's directed towards our Heavenly Father. It's personal. It's relational. We ought to approach prayer like that. Prayer originates in a heart of worship. But the man say biblical prayer includes submission to the will of God. Biblical prayer. You see, some treat prayer like that genie in a bottle that I made mention of at the beginning. Oh, we have prayer. I get three wishes. How many have ever had a prayer that God didn't answer the way you wanted it to be answered? You see, there's times going all the way through the Bible, and it was mentioned about this in men's Bible study. We were going through the the life of Elijah and looking at some things and making application to our hearts and lives on Tuesday evening. Be a great time for you men to come out. 545 downstairs. And someone made a statement because Elijah, when he got discouraged and got depressed, the Bible says he went a day's journey and he was uh, cast himself up underneath a juniper tree. The Bible says he prayed and he said, it'd be better that I'd die. And someone made the statement, said, you know, it's a blessing that God doesn't answer every prayer how we pray it. Because Elijah's life would have been over. That's what he was praying for. And sometimes it's, it's later on we realize and say, boy, I'm glad didn't, God didn't answer my prayer that way. P- biblical prayer includes a submission to the will of God. It says here in this model prayer that is given to us in verse number 10, he said, thy kingdom come. But then a separate statement here, it says, thy will be done. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. A submission to the will of God. Listen, even Jesus prayed this as he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane. Listen, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Sometimes we go before the Lord and we say, Lord, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. Now, God, if you can take care of that, I'll take care of the rest of it and go about our days. I don't think that's biblical prayer. Biblical prayer, yes, and there's so much in the scriptures about it. We're carrying on a conversation, yes. It's, a, it's an acknowledging of who God is. It's, it's a repeating of our, our needs and our desires as before the Lord. And Lord, I sure need you to intervene in this situation. And you say, well, God already knows. Why should we even pray about it? I believe it's a reminder of us and our dependence upon the Lord and a submission of ourselves. Now, Lord, whatever your will is in this situation, then, Lord, help me to accept that, and, Lord, work your will. Because I found out many times that when I accept that and ask for that, I realize his will, it is always better than my will. And his ways are always better than my ways. I want us to remember here that, yes, it's directed to our Heavenly Father. It originates in a heart of worship, but biblical prayer includes submission to the will of God. Now, in summary, let me remind us about this in our prayers, that we are praying directly to the Father. 
And I say this, we're not praying to Jesus. I, I used to, when I, was, when I was younger, I'd always start off, Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Now, I'm not saying that's biblically wrong, but can I say we're praying directly to God the Father. That's why I say, Dear Heavenly Father. Now I'm praying to the Father. I'm not even praying to the Holy Spirit. And I know there's a big push across this country and around this world that we're praying to the Spirit. No, we're not praying to the Spirit, but yet the entire Trinity is involved in our prayer life. We're praying to the God of heaven, our Father, which art in heaven. We're praying to the Father, but may I remind us we're praying in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to remind us of this. You can write this verse down, but in John chapter 16, let me remind us of this. John chapter 16 and verse number 23, Jesus said, And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. There's other verses that remind us of the fact that, listen, we're praying to the Father, but we're praying in Jesus' name. That's why, listen, to the best of my ability as I'm praying, I always close that out. What's the access that I'm coming to the Lord, to, to God the Father in? I'm coming because of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us about that, that, listen, Jesus has provided the access and the way for us to be able to get to the throne. I'm approaching the God of heaven. How am I doing that? What right do I have to approach the God of heaven? I have the right because of Jesus. And God, I'm coming to you in Jesus' name. That's my credentials. I'm not coming to you on my own merit. I'm not coming to you because I'm good enough or you think enough of me. I'm coming to you by Jesus. And that's how I'm coming. I'm coming to God in Jesus' name. And then you say, well, you said the whole Trinity was involved. Yes, I'm coming in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. You see, we could take the time to go over to Romans chapter number eight that says we've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us that gives us the power through Jesus to have access to God the Father. See how it all works together? We're praying to the God of heaven and we've been provided that way through the Lord Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. That's our prayer life. Who do you pray to today? When you bow your head and you start saying a prayer, do we truly understand and comprehend at that moment, I'm praying to the God of heaven. That's who we pray to. Now, how do I get there? How do I get to pray? That's what Jesus did for us. Jesus provided that access to be able to get to the Father. Boy, what a blessing that God's given to us. I'm afraid many this week, and listen, take it as a great opportunity because they're still going to be talking about the Bills player for the next couple weeks. In fact, all the way through the playoffs to the Super Bowl, they're going to keep talking about that Bills player and that game because it's messing up the playoffs all the way through. That's just my personal opinion. It's messing everything up. They're going to be talking about that on the Super Bowl. They're going to say, you know, it would have been possible for this team to be here, but because of that game right there, and there'll be people, listen, that they'll say, boy, I, I was sure praying for Hamlin that night. 
Why not use it as an opportunity to be able to start telling them about the privileges of prayer that God's given to us? But I think more than that, before talking to anybody else, I believe this crowd right here, boy, we need to have a fresh appreciation for who it is that we're praying to. And I think we ought to know him personally. You understand? You say, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't think I ought to be praying now if it's going to, to God. No. That's why he's inviting us to come. He wants us to be talking to him more than what we even desire to be talking to him. He's just waiting. He's wanting us. That's why you get over into the New Testament. I've got to shut this down. That's why you get over into the New Testament and he starts talking about praying without ceasing. That means he wants us constantly in that attitude and that spirit of, listen, it ought not to be a, a strange thing for us to talk to God. You say, well, and listen, I saw some people down in New York City the past couple of days. I was wondering who they were talking to. They didn't have an earbud in their ear. They didn't have a telephone, and they were carrying on conversations walking down through New York City. I'm thinking, who in the world are you talking to? I'm not talking about strange like that, but you know something? When we bow our head and start talking to the Lord, there may be people who say, who are you talking to? I'm talking to my Heavenly Father. Who do you pray to? Is it our Father who art in heaven? Is, it pers- is He personal to you? Is it based upon relationship? Or, or are you sitting there saying, well, I have no right to go before God? No right whatsoever. Yeah, you do if you're a child of God. We have every right. We have every access that's been granted to us to be able to come boldly before the throne of grace. But you know what this all hinges on? Personal relationship with the Heavenly Father. And we only have that if we're his child. You may be here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your personal savior. You say, pastor, you're talking about prayer in a way that I've never experienced it before. Maybe it's because you don't have the relationship that the Bible speaks of here. You've never trusted Christ. You've never become his child. If you were to draw your last breath today and go out into eternity, you're not sure that you'd be with him for all of eternity. Can I say the Bible teaches us and tells us how we can know for sure that we're a child of God. Those verses were read earlier today for the way the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And boy, I'm thankful for the access that God's given to us. If you're here today and you're not sure that you're a child of God, we can take a Bible and show you what it means to be saved for all of eternity. But if you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, that's a level of prayer that I just haven't gotten to, listen, start doing it more. Start spending some time with the Lord. Listen, you can be driving down the road and just start talking to the Lord. You say, people think I'm crazy. No, they'll think you're on the phone if they see you from outside, okay? Just start talking to the Lord like he's there. Yeah, you're going to look at it and say, man, I sound crazy. Listen, the more you do it, the more comfortable you're going to be of just knowing, hey, I can talk to God wherever I'm at. And some need to get that realization that you can talk to the Lord. Spend some time with Him. Talk to Him driving down the road. Let your kids know that you pray. Teach your kids that, listen, when we start saying a prayer, it's not just formality. We're not just doing it because pastor said we ought to. But when we say a prayer, we're talking to our Father, which is in heaven. Our Father. Who do you pray to? Is it a little statue? Can I say this? You can do better than that.
You say, oh, no, I, I pray to some being out there. I don't even know where he is or, or what he is, and he may just be that leaf out there. You can do better than that. I have a person that I go to in prayer, and he hears and he answers prayer. And I'm so thankful. Who do you pray to? Make sure it's the God in heaven.